you are going to tape the, another uh, podcast of our Sex Lies Lawyers, and uh, it's my show, and it's sponsored by HeyDairyLawGroup.com. Uh, we have today uh, two uh, dear guests, actually, Nancy Bernstein, my associate, and also the mother of the Bailey Smith, uh, Miss Kelly Norton, that whose uh, son passed away in a hit-and-run accident in Las Vegas in Nevada, and uh, we wanted to interview her as to the process that she has gone through and the hardship and uh, all the saddest stories. Possibly this episode is not fun that much, but it's a learning lesson for other people, actually, that uh, how to pay attention to the rules of the road and also how every move that we make on the roads is going to affect the life of the other people and how devastating it is actually for other lives. So let's, uh, uh, Kelly, thank you for coming uh, to this show today. Can you introduce yourself a little bit for us? Hi, um, thank you for having me. Um, I am Bailey Smith's mom. Uh, he passed away September 26th from a hit and run motorcycle accident that he was in. Uh, the accident was actually September 23rd and he lived for three days before he passed away. Sorry. I know it's so hard for you to be here. Uh, sorry for your loss. And um, as you know, in Las Vegas, we had uh, we are running a program that uh, giving you a reward money, actually reward money, actually for the hit and run drivers to be identified by the tr uh, crime stoppers. And apparently, it was successful in your case, actually, and it uh, resulted into the conviction of that person. Do you know who is that person is exactly that committed this crime, actually hit and run felony? Uh, the only thing that I was told, um, they were captured on October 5th, nine days after he passed away, but that it was just two Hispanic adult males. That's all I know. And they uh, notified you of what happened on that day. Do you know? Did you hear anything from anyone that what happened exactly? On the day that he the had incident, the accident? Yes. <clears throat> um, so Bailey was on his way to work at mm -hmm. 4.30 in the morning in the far left lane of East Flamingo in the intersection of Sand Hill. And he was going straight, going to work. And the two gentlemen in the SUV that was stolen were in the far right lane. And they made a left turn from the far right lane in front of Bailey. And he attempted to stop 120 feet uh, mm -hmm. before but was unable to and impacted the left quarter panel of that SUV and was ejected from his bike. And I was told that they got the DNA of the suspects off of the airbags and right. that's how they caught them. I mean, they obviously didn't call 911. They ran and on foot and left him there. Um, and I was told that a lady at the bus stop nearby called 911. But at that point, Bailey had been without oxygen for about 20 minutes. So in addition to his brain injuries from the impact, the lack of oxygen made those injuries not survivable. Sorry to hear that. But um, another point that why this hit and runs becomes a felony and it's important not to leave the scene of the accident is usually this kind of incidents because if they would have stayed and help or yeah. to some extent call the 911 faster, possibly it could save the life. Yes. Correct. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen in this case. And let me ask you about the Bailey. How uh, how old he was? He was 24. He turned oh. 24 June 16th. So. And any family or wife? 
he has a two-and-a-half-year-old little girl. Um, he was legally married, not to the mother of his daughter. Um, he got married when he went into the Army when he was 18. Yes. And um, unfortunately, he had tried to divorce her before all this happened and was unable to locate her. She is in jail. But this is holding up the services for Bailey because I, as his mother, apparently don't have the right to plan a service. It's up to her. Up to her. Yeah. So I'm fighting that whole battle. system in addition you. to, you know, um, the sentencing and everything that's coming up for the suspect. Okay. When is the sentencing is coming up? Uh, December 12th. And what did they tell you the maximum that he can get for the felony DUI? I was told the maximum that the driver will get is a felony hit and run. Um, I asked why vehicular manslaughter or homicide was not in this case after he passed away. And I was told that in Nevada, the vehicular manslaughter is a misdemeanor. And two years ago, the hit and run was also a misdemeanor. It just became a felony. So that is the charge that he will get. The passenger is basically getting off, even though he didn't call either. They both left him there in the street. Wow. So, so who is supporting the family right now, Bailey's family? Um, <clears throat> his daughter and the mother live in Colorado Springs, and his brother has since moved out to Las Vegas here. Mm. So it's just me, um, my new husband, and just all of Bailey's family staying together trying to support each other. It's a hard time, yes. You Very have to hard stay time. strong and just help each other at this time. And what about the um, offender or the driver that who committed the hit and run? Did he contribute anything or did you recover anything from them for the support of the family? No. Um, I talked to a couple of attorneys after this happened and was basically told nobody will take a wrongful death case for him because the suspects most likely don't have any money. Yeah, that's a flaw in our system that yeah. there is a victim funds actually in Nevada that it pays to some extent. I uh, encourage you or your family to apply for that as well. To some extent, it's a help, yeah. but it's not that much, definitely. But that's a flaw in the system that something like this happened. If the people, they don't have insurance and is a stolen car, always it happens. And your son didn't have any uninsured motorists, did he, on the motorcycle? Progressive um, is who he was with, and, and the motorcycle is still locked up for investigation, so they can't even look at the motorcycle yet. Mm -hmm. But I was told that he waived that. Oh my God. So, okay. yeah, so there's really no insurance. No insurance to cover on his, his your end, loss. and being a stolen vehicle, there's no insurance, obviously, on the suspect's end. Um, I don't know if the owner of the vehicle's insurance would cover anything like that or not. Usually, if it's a stolen and unpermissible use, no, it doesn't yeah. cover. It's against the public policy to cover a stolen car because everyone then steals the car and just it's something, right. and they can't recover money for that. Right. Yeah. So this was kind of the perfect storm, the way all this happened, because of not being caught in time. And, you know, obviously, Bailey couldn't speak on what happened. Um, there was only one witness at the bus stop. It was so early in the morning, it was dark, there was nobody there. So there was just, the way all of this went down, <clears throat> you know, like I said, I, I can't even give Bailey a service because of the next thing of kin law. And Sorry to hear that. it's just been one thing after another and I'm learning a lot about the laws in Nevada. And the flaws in the laws. And the flaws, very much so. Um, I feel like, you know, there's no gray area here. These guys caused the death of my son and 
I was told had they done this before, they would be getting, getting a much stiffer sentence. Are the repeat offenders, actually? But being a first offender, he's basically getting a slap on the wrist. That on I the just wrist. Do you know that there was any drug involved in the causing an accident? Uh, the only thing that I know about the suspects is that they do have a rap. He, the driver, the has driver. a rap sheet of, a dr of drug charges and domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And he's only been here from Rhode Island, and he moved here in 2018. Um, but they didn't catch him in time to test him. So we'll never know if he was under the influence or not. How long after the accident they caught him? Nine days. Nine days after the accident. Nine days. Okay. So uh, what else you learned from this going through all this art and the procedure, actually legal procedure? Just that, um, you know, after talking to the prosecutor, she was, she was very nice. And then she spoke to the defense attorney because I said, you know, if this guy is going to plea to get a lighter sentence. And she said, no, I've spoken to the defense attorney we're not going to allow that. He can plead guilty, but he's not getting a lesser sentence. But in Nevada, regardless, because a, a felony hit and run carries a sentence of two to 20, mm -hmm. and in Nevada, he will only serve 40% of whatever he is sentenced. So mm -hmm. he'll only get two or three years for, for a death. Wow, that's interesting. Okay, I'm yeah. not a criminal lawyer, but hopefully the prosecutor is not selling this case or plea bargaining actually for the less amount of sentencing actually. Yeah. And uh, even though it's a justice, but is not the form that it can support or uh, fill the gap uh, of the not having Bailey in your family or with the, his par uh, parents and the kids actually, but it still is a form of justice. But, um, that's the thing that I want to just tell you, Nancy, as well. Uh, Nancy is here, uh, actually my associate. The other day we were discussing it, actually, regarding the UIM policies on the uninsured motorist policies, how important it is in California, in, uh, Nevada to have that. Yeah. Because we are a transient, to some extent, uh, a state, and there are a lot of tourists and the people coming in actually, and they are mostly, they are uninsured or they are underinsured yeah. or they are insured by the rental companies for nothing, $25,000 minimum. Yeah. And it's better everyone has their own uninsured mortgage and protect themselves the way that they protect themselves against the other people's claim, to protect themselves against the people that they don't have insurance, like this situation. At least it could yeah. be some kind of help, at least to your family and uh, Bailey's family. Definitely. And, uh, and I, I did want to say, Kelly, um, you are in contact with the district attorney. Mm -hmm. So and on his sentencing, I don't know if she explained to you that you're able to go and speak because that yes. will make a big difference for the judge when they sentence him. I will be there. Everybody, right? Everyone yes. in the family can go and speak and it really does make a difference. Yeah. So I have all his pictures ready. Mm -hmm. I will be there and I will read a victim impact statement because I don't want him to be just a case number. Mm -hmm. He was my heart. And that kid was like, he was amazing. Like, and I know that everyone says that about their child, but Bailey's been through a lot in his life. And he turned his life around in the last two years before this happened. He was finally like, you know, at 24, kids think they're invincible. It's not going to happen to them. And, uh, you know, he didn't put a beneficiary on his life insurance at work because he, you know, they don't think they're going to go anywhere. But it's just like, you know, I mean, he went from living in Colorado Springs with his brother and his baby to just needing a new life. And he, when he moved out here, he didn't need anybody to 
threaten him or give him ultimatums or anything. He just turned his life around completely. And he was finally, like, getting promotions. And like I said, he got an award the Monday before this happened on Friday for positivity at work. And that week, he just got somebody else's schedule. And he wouldn't have been on the road had he not gotten promoted. So he just, you know, like I said, it was just the perfect storm. Like, one small different decision and this wouldn't have happened. I don't know, and I think up until Monday morning when he quit breathing, everybody was hoping for a miracle. You know, just open your eyes or when his baby girl talked to him, maybe that would be the thing that would wake him up. And I think everybody was hoping that. And I stayed with him. I didn't leave him. I didn't stop touching him for six days from the minute this happened until I left the OR when the donor or surgical team had to do their retrieval. And so I just, I fought to stay with him. And so many people showed up that all friends and work, I mean, there was just like 30 people in his room just surrounding him. I mean, he touched so many people. Even the trauma nurse was crying when he passed away. And they see a lot. And she yeah. said she's never, never cried at work, except for Bailey. And she just, I mean, he touched people in life and in death. And to see him not get justice, such a young life, so much to do, and so much life ahead of him, his little girl. So to see this guy pretty much get off with what happened to him, it's, it's infuriating. Just, not even just as a mother, just as a person to see somebody get off to do this to somebody else and to lose a child i've lost loved ones in the past but to lose a child there is no pain greater than that it is so raw and so excruciating i mean it's i wouldn't wish it on anybody i would give anything to have bailey back but the least i can do is fight for justice for him on his behalf now and, and you mentioned that he was an organ donor. Do you know if, if that happened? I got the letter yesterday. He saved five lives. Oh, wonderful. Wow. His heart, his yeah. liver, his pancreas. Wow. Um, uh, everything. I mean, yeah, I mean, that was another difficult thing because when he was pronounced dead on September 26th, I wanted to get him off the machines. And they came in and told me, it's not up to you. He's our property now. As an organ donor, he signed a legally binding contract, and I don't know if a lot of people know that. Mm. You know, as a 24-year-old, he had a red heart on his driver's license, and that's pretty much yeah. as far as that process yeah. goes. Mm -hmm. But it is a legally binding contract, and your family has no say-so over you. Once you're on machines and they want to let you off, you they don't have any say-so. It's not up to them anymore. It's up to the team. So I had to fight hard to be in that OR with him but I you know now that he is past and just waiting to have his services because again I'm not his legal next of kin and a lot of people need to reevaluate the way that looks in their family mm -hmm. when they have a young one you know just because they're young doesn't mean nothing's gonna happen right. I need to know what their rights are what the kids' rights are, mm -hmm. what they want, what their wishes are. Right. Because when Bailey was passing away, I just said, you know, I hope I'm making all the right decisions for you, Bailey, because I'm trying, but you never think it's going to happen. Right. 
So it's unfortunately so sad. Sorry for your loss again. And thank you for coming over and sharing your stories. I know it's too hard for you and your family to repeat these things actually, but hopefully people learn a lesson and someday we see no hit and run in Las Vegas yeah. because we see it a lot in Las Vegas because of being drug or something, they hit and run away. And even those five minutes can save uh, lives actually if they call the ambulance or something that's the reason we have those mm -hmm. laws in place right. that you should not leave the scene of the accident because bailey could be saved I actually know. so um, thank you for coming in if you want to add anything you're more wanted, than welcome i just want to add one more thing that you know since bailey he only had his motorcycle for six months when this happened this is a new thing for him he did everything he was supposed to do the helmet the kevlar vest the boots i mean the gloves he wore everything he did everything right and he rode with a very large motorcycle group. And there was probably five accidents within the week that Bailey had his accident. But I feel like the people in Las Vegas, the drivers don't respect and they don't mm -hmm. look out for the motorcycle riders. I, I get that people get frustrated when they weave in and out of traffic, but it doesn't give you the right, you know, to speed and ride so close and cut them off because you're irritated because you can kill somebody. And people need to respect the motorcycle riders here. Yes. I mean, I, they're very hard to see, you know. And sometimes it's hard for our mm -hmm. cases as well. When we have a motorcycle cases, people and the jury of the people, they look at it and say, oh, those people, yeah. they just cut their way actually through the freeway. No, always it's not like that. Right. Accident can happen and it's not their fault. And people, they don't see them sometimes on the road. Mm -hmm. And it's not intentionally, but sometimes it's really the way that they don't recognize them actually on the road. Yeah. But they are at fault yeah. and People they cause really a death. need to look out for them. I mean, now I'm even more hyper aware mm -hmm. when I see a motorcyclist and especially with an all black bike, you know, and every time I pass them, I'm like, God, please be careful, buddy. Like, you don't even know the threat is everywhere and everywhere. people just don't watch and you just, you have to watch out for them. They can't see 360. Because yeah. people have got to watch out for each other. It's just, and I feel like motorcyclists in Las Vegas are just at more danger because I just feel like, feel like people just, they just don't care. Yes, yeah. we have another case that I was talking to Nancy the other day that, and also before coming on air, that uh, motorcyclist was going straight and the trucking, actually the 18-wheeler made a left turn without a stopping. And our client was going fast. But still, it doesn't matter how fast you go because it's a motorcycle. Right. That's 50 yeah. or 100. And still, you hit the truck when it cuts your way. Right. And the driver said, I didn't see it. He said, okay, so you should have a stop. Yes, to clear the road. Yeah. And it caused a death. Exactly similar to your case. Yeah. So we are familiar with these cases and the lack of respect or the right to the motorcycle in Nevada, Las Vegas, as well by the driver. They look at them as a different second hand citizen that mm -hmm. you should not drive or you are having it for fun. You are just people that you don't have the right to be on the road, but it's not true. Right. Some of them, they are for hobbies. Some of them, they are have to be on it because that's the only means of transportation for them. Right. Some of them, that's it. So you yeah. have to follow the rules for the driver and the truck drivers and everyone. Yeah. Unfortunately, we see those kind of accidents here a lot, actually, motorcycle accidents because way of the roads many. and the way the roads are wide and the mm -hmm. dark. Sometimes we see it a lot. Thank you anyway for joining us and sharing your uh, memory and also your story. Thank and you. hopefully wish you and your family luck and hopefully keep us posted as to the sentencing. We follow that as well to yes. see that what's the uh, justice is served or not. 
for this uh, for Bailey or no? Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Nancy, do you have anything? No, no. stay strong. Good message. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I just you. hope nobody else goes through this. No. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.